You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Alexis Ray, and you are listening to the Evolving Truths podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host and my mama, Shannon Day. Hey, mom. Hey, Alexis. How are you doing? (laughs) I like that you always sing that. It's very cute. It's been a little bit of a day. I was just tired. I'm functioning on two or three hours of sleep. And I was just like, I need a nap. Planned on a 30-minute nap hour or so hour half later 45 later woke up did you not set an alarm I did I did but echo and I sometimes have issues and I want a specific sound to wake me up because I find it comforting but I have to do that through the app and in the app she was like well surely you don't want a nap for just 30 minutes so this must mean this time tomorrow anyway it's a thing it's fine Then my bestie called. She was also kind of in a space. Clearly, we went out. I got to reconnect with her because with the way our schedules have been lately, we haven't been able to. And I think was really what I needed for the afternoon. And thank you so much for being flexible and allowing me to say, sorry, booze, but we got to record later because I'm out with my bestie. Well, you didn't tell me you were out with your bestie. And based on the conversation that we had this morning, I thought you were working. So I'm like, yeah. Of course we can push it back. It's fine either way, whatever the reason was. I didn't have any plans this evening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's great. Way to take what you need though. I'll totally give you kudos for that. Everything that you still have to get done is still going to be there. It is. I mean, it's not going anywhere. And as long as you weren't on a deadline or anything. No, I wasn't. And I got to have some conversations with her about some things that have been in my head. Sometimes you got to chat with your bestie to go over things. And so it was nice to get to have those conversations. Also, super excited because then we scheduled some Galentines because we have spent Valentine's together for the last, I don't know how many years, but what we typically do no longer exists. Now we made new plans and I'm really excited about that. So that's fun. Nice. So yeah, It's not what the day was supposed to look like supposed to quote unquote it wasn't what I had intended right it's not what you had planned and I'm also okay with how it turned out and I get to hang out with you for a bit so I'm excited about that how about you how'd your day go I get to be the cherry on top of your day you do always I will take that amazing self-prescribed placement (laughs) in your Sunday of amazing the ice cream sundae that you would put a cherry on top s-u-n-d-a-e noted yeah my day was good i woke up and did yoga which was nice made breakfast took a shower started laundry started working on some work that i needed to get done it's on my list for this week to finish My roommate and I were both this morning just admiring how nice the weather was. I was like, we could go for a hike tomorrow. And she walked over to my room as I was working and she's like, what if we just go today? Do it. I was like, I don't know. I have an AD appointment at 12. I have another appointment at 
2.30. So we would have to go soon. And then I, she at first was like, we could do four miles. I'm like, whoa, girl, we're going to need to reassess this. So I like sat with it for another 10 minutes, kept working. And then I just went over to her room and I was like, all right, let's do it. Like, we're going to go. We definitely didn't do four miles. We did like half of that, but we just walked and it was nice to walk on a trail and in a mountain range. We didn't get very far from the entrance of this mountain range, but that's okay. Being there was nice. And thinking back, I'm pretty sure that's my first hike. I don't know if I can really call it a hike. That was my first trail walk since all of my symptoms started in September last year. Probably since our our birthday hike, yeah? Yeah. Your birthday hike. That's huge, especially with some changes that I know are on the forefront of my life. I'm glad that I got to get out there. Good for you. So both our days didn't go exactly as planned. We might have done different detours, but we did what we needed to do today, and here we is. Super nice. I'm coming to this conversation with an open mind. I'm super excited to see what you have to say about this and get some of your ideas and what has worked for you in the past as we talk about making big decisions in life. Because that's where you're at. The change is on the horizon. Not just me. We always have to make big decisions. For example, my massage therapist two months ago was contemplating taking a teaching job for a six-week semester and, in my opinion, sounded like he dragged his feet and missed the opportunity. But that's a decision that we have to think about making. Moving is a decision that people have to think about making. Starting and stopping relationships. All of these are big decisions. We could start with what separates or qualifies a big decision from a smaller decision or a decision that doesn't feel as impactful. Mm, Yeah. Like me deciding to meet my bestie today for beers instead of working this afternoon. Is that a small decision or a big decision? To me, that one's a daily small decision. But if you make enough of those like five days in a row, then clearly you're going to have a big decision problem of I haven't done my work. (laughs) True. And sometimes with those small ones, you realize, so I've made this decision today, which then I need to look at the rest of my day and what it looks like. What did that impact? How does that affect tomorrow and the rest of my week? Because- I have things planned already for tomorrow and the rest of the week. So how did making this decision for today, somewhat impulsive, not somewhat, it was impulsive. We had this conversation and just kind of went, yeah, here's where we both clearly are. Let's go do this. In this case for us today was time we both needed. And while yes, I didn't get done what I had planned to do today. I don't have regrets about making that decision. And I think being okay with that and knowing, okay, so tomorrow I'm going to need to get up a little bit earlier to create more time in my day because I made this decision today and I'm okay with that. I think it's different when you have the opportunity to adjust the rest of your schedule around it that makes it easier to give yourself that permission and that grace 
versus when we have to make those decisions, but we don't know how we're going to make those adjustments. We don't know how we're going to find different time or rearranging priorities. Had you been on a deadline, had you been in circumstances where you didn't have flexibility, you wouldn't have chosen to spend your afternoon catching up with your friend the way that you did. Right. You just have that privilege. Ability. Exactly. A hundred percent. It makes me think about my friend in law school and works seven days a week. For her to have a half a day to make this decision right now for her, that doesn't exist. Right. For her to even take two or three hours, the impact that it has in that case is so much bigger. I will fully own and disclose There are times I make these decisions and then it's like, Shannon, why did you do that? Yes, having that flexibility and knowing today, it was great. Again, this was something we really needed just because the way both of our schedules have been and enjoyed it. And in this case, it feeds us and is a nice way to move forward for the rest of the week. Sure. You probably got more energy from that than you would have gotten from just trying to nose to the grindstone out your day the way you had originally planned. Yeah. And yes, I fully acknowledge and appreciate and sit here in this space going because of what decisions I've made and chosen to do for work and where I invest my time, I have the ability to do that. While at the same time, because of what I've chosen for work or done, I also sacrifice other things because I'm not making as much money or whatever that might look like and balancing, which I think To your point of when it comes to making these small decisions to when we're making big ones, which is something you're currently faced with, prioritizing for ourselves or thinking about what's really important to me. I feel like we've talked about this before. I always kind of touch this space sort of in the middle of my body where it's just, it needs to sit okay right here. And so making small decisions based on that making big decisions based on that and knowing at times you're going to make some short-term sacrifices for long-term goals. Definitely. Everything you just said was great. It really takes my mind to pros and cons or opportunity costs. We talk about opportunity costs in business. We talk about it with capital or human capital, how you invest things, but We don't necessarily always apply it to ourselves. And then when we do apply it to ourselves, I think it tends to come out as the pros and cons list. With what you're saying of making decisions, you have to weigh that and you have to know what am I giving up by choosing this? What am I gaining by making this decision? And what I gain, does it outweigh the risk? Does it outweigh the value of what I'm perceiving could be a negative consequence or setback or a ripple that I really don't want to have to deal with? When the decisions come up that are by choice versus decisions that you're being forced to make because of a forced set of circumstances are different. Really, the idea of bringing today's conversation up of how do we make big decisions and what has helped you to do that and to land in a place of being okay, when you say feeling it in the center of your body, it is trusting that gut to a certain instance. And sometimes it takes 
doing the pros and cons list, it takes 15 conversations of playing out the different scenarios in order for your mind and your heart to eventually somehow reach some alignment that then gives you that gut feeling of being okay. But I've also been in instances where my gut feeling at the very beginning was right. And I didn't actually have to go through such a long decision making process where I just like draw it out and make it worse. When you say draw it out and make it worse for yourself, do you feel like because it's a decision you have to draw out that makes it worse? Like, Tell me more about that last statement that you just made. Sure. A perception of my decision making throughout the years has been that I can be really impulsive. Something can happen and within 24 to 48 hours or a week, I'm on to the next direction. I can keep moving forward almost without missing a step. But what many people don't see about my decision-making process is when that moment hits, I very often am already playing through that decision-making process on my own and just not talking about it out loud. The perception of being impulsive is hard for me to battle because I'm a very fast-paced person. And even when I'm moving fast, I still feel like I should be going faster, which not everyone can keep up with when I just go boom, 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 boom. Like, this is what we're doing. This is what's next. This is how it's happening. That can be a lot for other people. The other piece that I'm really getting to is that gut instinct when something happens or a conversation happens. Historically, my decision making process, I guess I'll just throw out the example, particularly in relationships, has been to retreat really fast and hard. I didn't have a lot of problem solving skills when it came to romantic relationships and being able to work through things as far as communication goes. This is just the best example I could give. But over the years, trying to work on those skills so that I slowed down my decision making process and really think through what's good for me here and what's not great for me here, as opposed to just knee jerk reaction and getting out as fast as I possibly can. There's some instances that's good, and then there's other instances that I wish I wouldn't have been so fast, such a quick draw kind of thing. It's interesting as you say that you used relationships as the example. So as the mom in this case, and (laughs) with friends of mine watching this, I feel like you're saying this, and and you just said... when getting out or when like making a decision of what's next, we're kind of doing it a little bit backwards. Totally. As you were just saying that, you're like, mom, I know where you're going. I'm like, why don't I think about it so much on the front end? Yes. Especially when it comes to relationships, right? I mean, it's, (laughs) it's spending that time that you, and again, as a mom who's been with you through these, all the time that you spend thinking about it while making that decision or after you've made a decision that could feel impulsive, where you're going, oh, but maybe this, or I should have this, or I could have this, or instead of really being in that space, thinking about those things before you enter a relationship or take a next step in the relationship even. Dating is about figuring out, is this someone I want to spend time with? Is this someone we're not only compatible, but maybe a little bit challenging to each other and we're going to grow from this. And this is 
this is someone I see investing time with and spending time with. And I think sometimes in relationships, we get into it, we start spending a ton of time with them. We don't take time to ask those questions. Yet when it comes time to get out, that's when those questions get asked. And I love that you just sat there thinking that because I'm like, here, I was getting ready to have a mom moment and you took it away from me. So <laughs> guess I raised you well enough for you developed well enough on your own that you're like, oh, right. As soon as you started like mom moment, I was like, oh, I hear it. Isn't that interesting? Also, I'm going to go back to pros and cons, which is something since, since you've been a child bring to like teach you decision-making skills and how you would think about doing these things. I was chatting with a friend of mine. She's asked about you and I'm like, yeah, here's like what she's dealing with. And Here's some suggestions I gave to her. She said, and I loved this piece. Yes, make your pros and cons list. But then she also said, especially I think on that pros side or maybe both sides, scale your pros and cons, mm. right? You could have your list of pros, but in that list of pros in, in your life and with your values and what you're looking for, where does this list of seven things or 20 things that I listed Let's scale them. How much weight do they carry? Yeah, I loved that. I thought that was a great, because something could be a pro, yet if it's not something that's really strikes us or sits with us, matches a value that we have or something that's really important in our life, while yes, it could be a pro, if it's not that important, then is it really that big of a deal? Totally. I love think- that. So we can just let the cat out of the bag. The decision that we are discussing or that has really been on my forefront for the past six weeks is moving back to Colorado at the end of my lease, which happens at the end of March of 2023. I will have been here for a year and it has been a really tough decision. I know that I'm making it from a place focused around my health and that sucks. (laughs) To be putting it plainly, I know that if my circumstances were different on a health level, I would probably be making different decisions, but they're not. It, I don't think it even it wouldn't even be a consideration. Like I don't we think wouldn't so even either. we wouldn't be having this discussion if this migraine and all these symptoms and where it's set you since September had happened. This wouldn't even be a thing. So it's one of those where you talked about when we have to make decisions or get to, I guess let's, let's maybe frame it that way. It's still a decision, but sometimes it is a have to when it feels forced or out of our control. If someone loses a loved one that dramatically affects their life and decisions now have to be made on that divorce, job change, they weren't planning on health, like you're saying, and you figuring out what's the best way to move forward this discussion wouldn't be being had and we wouldn't even be considering it if that wasn't the case. And so dealing with not only having to make the decision, but then what kind of feelings come up for you with thinking about the fact that you even have to contemplate this decision. Yeah, it's really emotional actually and challenging. Thankfully, throughout this process of symptoms and practicing rest and compassion and understanding for myself on a deeper level, I can be at the point now where it just is what it is. 
I don't feel animosity towards myself. I don't feel disappointment towards myself. I don't feel like a failure. I don't have any negative connotations tied to it. I also don't really have any positive ones. It just is. And that's huge progress from where I was even three months ago, thinking about September and October and November and just the symptoms and how much of a roller coaster it was. I think the last five months health-wise have been more challenging than the months after the accident. Debilitation-wise, my level of being able to recover, my level of tolerance, really just everything across the board has been much worse. Mm -hmm. In my observation, going through this with you, I think the thing that makes this difficult too is you knew I was in a car accident. Here's what happened. And therefore I'm feeling this way to hear, wow, I got a migraine. I've been dealing with those for years, yet this one's been different and affected my life in such a dramatic way. While you could point to the migraine, the act isn't as absolute as the car accident. It's like, no, I've been dealing with this. How come this one had to hit this way and change my life so much more than I ever expected? Yep. You hit the nail on the head. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I love too that you said now compared to even a few months ago and and knowing, oh, here's the decision I need to make and coming at it from a place of not being resentful of it. If we always want to hold that piece of having resentment around a decision, especially when it's a hard decision or we've had to make a decision based on a life change, just how much more difficult that makes. My mom grew up in... Greeley or in the Greeley area, left at a time when she had me and my brother and came back to Greeley. And her whole goal when she came back was to leave Greeley. That was back in the early 70s. And hearing her throughout your life make that statement of, when I met your dad, I was leaving Greeley. And then I stayed because of him and because I met him. Or when I met Papa, I was getting out of this town and we ended up still having to be here. And I just think what a sad way to live, resenting the fact that honestly, you chose, you met him, but you chose to have that relationship move forward. And here you've had this marriage of this many years. And yet one of your statements the entire time in this marriage and family and life that you've built is I was leaving Greeley, but I didn't. We're going to talk about big decisions and making them and at times being forced to make them, even in that space, find a way to frame it or reframe it. And even if you have to remind yourself consistently, if you come into that and carry resentment about a decision that you had to make, I mean, I look at her and and now since losing my dad and her being the sole caregiver for his mom, she probably has more resentment now than ever before. Yeah. And I get it. I a hundred percent, I've helped a friend who had to be a caregiver much earlier in life planned for her husband. I've sat in that space and met others and caregiving is hard work. In this case with my mom and in the case with my friend and her husband, I was the outside person, even though I, with my friend was there a ton and try and help with mom and grandma as much as I can, but I'm still the outside person. But When you're in that space and you have resentment around it, it's already really hard. Continuing to have resentment about it, wow. 
man, I just, I don't know. So when we think about making decisions, so even you contemplating a move back to Colorado and not only contemplating it, but I've taken steps to make it happen. Right. Once you get here, like being here in this space and going, this is the decision I made. Had things been sure, but getting to a space of going, this is the decision I made. And now jumping in, being here and doing it without resentment about it or whatever made that have to happen. Because man, we're going to face challenges when we make decisions, whether they were the right or the wrong decision. How do we know until we make it? But if we throw in just being resentful about it and carrying that, ugh, the taste right now in my mouth is bad. <laughs> it like physically, who wants to live like that? Yeah. I don't. No way. So when you ask me about ways of making decisions, I I don't think I've resented decisions that I've had to make. And that's been probably a really conscious choice because I've had to make some decisions in my life that weren't because of choices I made. And if I would have just continued to sit in that place of resentment, and again, when I observe my mom and hear comments and watch things, I'm like, it could look so different for you. Still hard? Absolutely. But it could look different. So I'd say once the decision's made, however it is that you got to it, man, letting that peace go. Life is short, man. I don't think resentment is something for me that has come up with this decision because you you said it well, once you make the decision, just committing to it and going full force and making the best of those circumstances. It's all of the uncomfortability. I think that's the most challenging parts of decision-making and big decision-making when you're talking about career, life, family, relationship comes into play is that that gap of suffering between knowing in the back of your mind what you want, admitting it out loud, then doing the things to make it happen. And maybe all of that is internal. I know I said admit it out loud, but admit it to yourself. All of that could be internal. And all of that is what we're weighing inside of our minds or our hearts. Sometimes I can feel one emotion about something and have a totally different thought like logical thought about it and say, oh, I understand why I'm feeling this emotion, but I don't agree with it. So when it comes to big decision making, like weighing all of that. And yeah, once once I made the decision that I'm going to be moving back to Colorado, it was like, okay, this is fine. And even today getting to hike and be outside and for it to be beautiful and the last few days here the weather has been the best that it's been in three months. And instead of feeling resentment or bitter or sad, I really was thinking, what a nice way to get to round out my time here is with the best weather and to do everything I can to make sure I take advantage of that with the four weeks that I have left here. I like that. I appreciate that. And it doesn't mean that you're still not going to have some feelings where you're questioning yourself and Am I making the right decision or, oh man, I feel this way, but I think issues sit in not making the decision sometimes. And while I say that not making the decision, I'm not saying 
well, then just jump into things and always be impulsive about them. But sometimes we just put something off. And I also think I know for myself, the putting a decision off a lot of times comes from a space of, I know the decision I should make that would be best for me right now. It's not necessarily the one I want to make. So I'm going to ponder a little bit more. I'm going to think about it a little bit more because then maybe my body will feel a little bit different about the decision. I'll get a different answer, right? It's kind of like when we go chat with three or four of our friends hoping to get validation or people going, oh yeah, no, here, here, this. Or if in that group, we have even one who goes, oh no. Then we're like, yeah, sweet. I knew I was thinking the right thing. Right? It's kind of like the same thing when we put it off. Well, at the same time, I think taking decisions on a run, as I often say, and giving them that space and time, but also being completely honest with myself and having taken the time to get to know myself well enough that when I see certain behaviors and I recognize, no, I'm putting this off because I don't want to face something or I don't want to move forward with the decision that I know would be best, even though it might be difficult or whatever comes next. That's when I really have to own, you know, you know, what's up. Yeah, you know, so do it. That to me ties back into the relationship example of getting out of relationships. Most of the time I know so far my experience has been that was the decision that I needed to make. But being willing to get to that point, I needed to take my time and really weigh the pros and cons and what am I gaining and what am I losing and what am I risking in order to be able to arrive at that point, which is true. I mean, we put off what we know is going to be painful because we don't want to deal with that. So think if we even invested quarter of the time that we spend trying to go, is this what's right for me? Should I get out? Should I be here? Have I done enough? If we invested even a quarter or a half of the time that we invest later, if we invested it back then of going, is this a relationship, one, I even need to be in, or two, I'm in it now, do I move it to the next level? And what does that next level look like? If we spent some time thinking about, and it's not just relationships, it's probably a lot of decisions we make in our life. Man, what a life lesson. Human, being human is amazing, right? It seems such as simple as I'm sitting here saying this, Yeah, take the time to think about it a little bit before or in these phases. And then one, either you're never faced with this decision that's now a hard, life-changing kind of space, or in the relationship you're faced with different decisions that keep it moving forward, or or you go, no, this isn't right. And you can kind of, like, it's easier, I'll put that in quotes, to step out. I think leaving relationships is always challenging, but does that feel right? Am, Am I making any sense here? Definitely. One thing that took a really long time in my life to develop was being able to tune into my body for some of those signals or conversations at the beginning of a decision-making process, as opposed to when I find myself in a set of circumstances and then my body's like really going into overdrive. For me, it tends to be health conditions (laughs) But picking up on those signals earlier in our decision-making process. You mentioned your gut. Even for me, as I've been going through this process of evaluating moving back to Colorado, and it was New Year's Day. 2023. Yeah, it was New Year's Day. And I just woke up 
And I just had this sense of calm in my body. And it just felt like Colorado was the next right step. Once I had that feeling, once I had that kind of experience in my body, I was like, okay, that's just what I'm going to do. And the mentalness kind of like the mental conversation I was having in my head about should I do this? Should I not do this? was just answered by that calm feeling of this is what you're going to do. Learning that it's okay to trust our bodies too. I think as women, we're taught from a really young age and our society has taught us this, that we can't do that. Or that our bodies aren't a safe place to be. That was so strange and weird to like get over that hump for myself on my development. Because then how could we listen to it? Yeah, how could we listen to it? If it's not a safe place for us to be, how could we trust what it's telling us? Mm. So this week, with whatever decisions you're faced with, listen to your body, weigh your pros and cons and your opportunity costs. And really, when it comes down to it, do what you inherently know needs to be done for your best self. And not resenting the fact that you had to, I'll use quotes again. I feel like I've used quotes so often today in our discussion, but that you've had to make the decision, the resentment piece, man, when you've made it, then figure out this is the decision I've made. And now how do I, how am I successful in this decision that I've just made? I was just racking my brain because what you're saying with not letting resentment build up and stuff, I know I have a term for this radical acceptance. Mm, I like that. Where did we hear? Did we hear that somewhere or have you taught that to me? It came from my therapist. Love her. Right. Shout out to Lauren. Naps to um, her. Radical acceptance of the decision that you make. And then the outcome that you choose to create comes from the energy that you go into it, the mindset, the framing, all of that positivity as far as your perspective goes can really wow. make the best out of the big decisions that you have to make. As we were starting to end our conversation in this space, I was also thinking about how important it is to not make fear-based decisions and weighing that again, I love the friend saying to me, scale those pros and cons, right? Weighing that. So recognizing change is difficult and sometimes fear comes, but if we're totally acting out of fear of what if, how can you, if whatever it was you were fearing didn't happen? Right. You're making it based on assumptions of how things are going to play out as opposed to just making your decisions based on what is. Yeah. And here's what's best for me. I've thought about this for you and making this decision to come back to Colorado. It doesn't have to be permanent. I think that's another key point. Some things in life, most people would say marriage would be something that's permanent. Having a kid. A kid is permanent. Getting a, a pet is permanent. I mean, a fish, a little less permanent. A cat and dog is a little bit longer kind of commitment, but I forgot where I was going with this. And it was really good. This is just the next right step. Yeah, I'm making this decision for this year, but it's not going to be forever. It doesn't have to be forever. I'm moving back to Colorado to be around family, to get support, to try and continue to get my health under control, get back on my feet financially. And who's to say in a year, I don't get to do this all over again or in three 
no decision right. you make with the exception of those ones that we just listed is overly permanent. Yeah. Going back to, so I started to say till I completely lost my thought when I was thinking about these decisions from fear, when you've said, I don't know what my health is going to be. I'm feeling like I need more support around this. As a mom, there's a piece of me that's like, you are handling it there. We are supporting you to the best degree that we can, even though you're in another state. There's definitely, I feel like some progress and directions you'd like it to be. And just in making sure that you're not making a decision out of a space of nothing's ever going to change or it's always going to be like this. I'm afraid, right? We're using this as an example. But as I say that, it's also so much easier for someone from the outside looking at a decision. And I say outside, I'm your mom. I've, I've been in these conversations, but I'm not in your head or your body or feeling everything you're feeling. So knowing ourselves well enough is twofold. You could think, mommy, just change topics. I'm here. Knowing ourselves well enough to make sure that we aren't making a fear-based decision of what if. To also knowing as the person on the outside, when we look at others, we go, oh, they're making the decision based on this, or I think it's out of fear. Like I, I had to really check myself to make sure I wasn't placing that on you or thinking that trusting that you were making the decision you needed to make. We had conversations about it, but it's your decision. And so how dare I from the outside go, well, it's a fear-based decision or it's a putting it off decision or so to that piece, I say, man, we got to know ourselves. We got to spend some time doing that. And that's work. Just stay with the fear track for a second. I am fearful of getting a job and having to explain to them why I'm missing work and running out of PTO days and running out of sick days and not being able to perform to the caliber of performance that I'm used to being able to perform to. And more than anything, I'm scared of triggering myself to go back and relive what these last five months have been because as we said earlier in this episode, this has been the hardest health crisis I have ever gone through. So there's that fear. And that fear becomes bigger and bigger when I think about I would need to get a certain type of job to be able to stay here in Arizona. And I just don't feel like my health is that dependable yet. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fear of, okay, going back to Colorado, going back to my hometown, which I moved away from five years ago, going back to old patterns of behavior, fears of going back to old standards of expectations. There's that type of fear. And then there's the third type, which I think we all deal with. When that's just the fear of the unknown. So in this case, it doesn't really feel like there's that much unknown. But when I first moved to Arizona, the fear of the unknown was huge. Mm -hmm. So letting the fear of the unknown feed you instead of paralyze you. Exactly. And then weighing which type of fear in the circumstances that you're in for this decision, the right fear for you also. Like I yeah. could choose to try and take it on with a company out here and then in six months still have to move back to Colorado instead of just biting the bullet now and not having to break a lease or not having to, you know, have those types of things go wrong. So I think I'm with you on not making fear-based decisions, and I would be lying if I said that there wasn't fear wrapped up in this decision. 
Yeah. Often in our conversations, I sit here and I think to myself, man, this is your daughter. Because boy, did you just give me some things to think about when it comes to fear and recognizing, which in other contexts, I could say, yes, there's healthy fear and there's times we should, but in this discussion we were having, I was definitely saying, don't make fear-based decisions and thinking of fear and ready for the last one of, of today's episode, quote, unquote. Um, now I forgot what was going in the quotes. Negative connotation. Thank you. Quote, unquote, negative way to how you just talked about those different types of fear and how, again, those actually help you in the decision-making process. So Thank you, Alexis. I, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to learn that, recognize that. I love how you could name that. And yeah, man. That brings it back to your final point, though, of knowing yourself. I've had to sit with those and I, again, had to really question myself. This is just an amazing example of you trying to make sure that I'm not making a fear-based decision. Also, to your credit, thank you for, as a mom and a supporter in my life, for letting me go through this decision-making process and continuing to ask questions and push me, but letting this decision be my own. You're, You're awesome. Oh, thank you. But to any outsider looking in who doesn't know, again, this decision that I've made could look extremely impulsive without knowing how much I have put into this thought process. And that's just circling back to like how I think people perceive my decision making and my pace because I am too fast for other people. When I co-founded the nonprofit with, I mean, she was co-founder and also good friend and there were times we'd be sitting having a discussion and I go, no, 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 no. And she was like, whoa, you just jumped to like RS or XYZ and I'm still back here on B. We barely started this conversation, but <laughs> in both our cases, I think because we'd been thinking about it already, sometimes without even realizing we've been thinking about it, we've been thinking about it. So when we start to have the discussion, you're right. We just go here, boom, 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 boom. And when... <laughs> We don't always take the time to include others in the conversation, listen to what they might have to say that could help us go, oh yeah, you're right. I am an X and I should be an H. I appreciate that. This was fun. I liked having this discussion. Again, I think talking about these things, sometimes we can go, why have this discussion about making decisions? What's the big deal? Yet think how much it affects our lives. So the fact that we even took some time to have a discussion making the decision first to have a discussion about making decisions. And then looking at it from this viewpoint, let's all think about it in in our lives of making decisions. And the next time we're faced with something small or big, whatever it is, is this really what best serves me also? What have you learned when it comes to making decisions? And is this thought of thinking about making fear-based decisions, are there times that no, that does serve as well? Those would be some things I'd love to hear, Lex. Is there anything else you'd love to hear? If there's anything outside of a pros and cons list or just what you do on the front end of weighing a decision, I would love to hear different strategies and ideas about that Mm -hmm. because outside of a pros and cons list and just hoping that my body will give me an answer, I don't really know that I have anything outside of those two. Yeah. So 
what might be different that's worked well for someone. Yeah, I would love to hear that. If you have any suggestions or tips or tricks or strategies that have worked for you. And this week, if you would like to have a conversation with someone about decision making, please share this episode with them. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, please make sure to leave a five-star rating, leave a review with your thoughts on the show, follow the show wherever you are listening, and we will be back next week. Take care. In the meantime, please remember that life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis and the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.